Welcome back to the Maxwell High School podcast. Uh, today I'm speaking with Ricky. Uh, Ricky's a, a member of the local Aboriginal community, comes in and speaks to our students and runs several programs. And I just wanted to uh, pick Ricky's brain about what he does and why he's here and uh, what support and um, he, uh, he offers to our students. And, and I have to be honest with everybody and say, this is not the first time I've had sat down and had this discussion with Ricky from the last discussion, it turns out this man is like an iceberg. You see this little tip of, of things that uh, that Ricky's involved with and uh, then when you start to get into the backstory, you realise that, wow, there's a lot going on and uh, this is a very busy man uh, in our community and has represented um, his nation overseas even. So um, welcome, Ricky. <laughs> Hello, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you back for a second time and see if we can get this right. Um, so, so Ricky, just going on from where we started, um, what what's your role at uh, Maxwell High School and I guess other schools around the valley? Yes, um, I, I basically work um, three different jobs. Um, I work as uh, like your, your average SLSO. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for for people that don't know, SLSO is just is classroom support of students. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I do that at Scotts Head Public School. Yep. Um, the other two roles I have one is youth leadership within a program called Slick. Yep. Um, and so we target indi- Indigenous students and we provide them with language and culture and and all of the the things that we can provide them with around those two particular um subjects and. Um, that's been know, an, that's been an ongoing program. I think our school's been involved in it for quite a few years. Yes, um, I have been in the slick side of the program for three mm. three and a half years, but um, it was running before I joined. Yeah, and um, it's been going for yeah, five, I think nearly five and a half years or something. I think a lot of our students have got some real tangible benefits out of that and they've they've had great outcomes in you know going forward so yeah yeah so really good. um you know a, a lot of the students do come out of their shells through that program mm-hmm. um but yeah um the the last thing would be uh AECG so yeah Aboriginal Education C- Consultative Group okay and we and I am employed to teach language and culture within the schools so I work okay. at Barrable Central here Maxwell High and Scotts Head Public School with that that position you're fairly busy then <laughs> yes that fills four of my days <laughs> <laughs> well i would have said it would have filled more than four of them but um you get it done in four no <laughs> <laughs> i i'd use the fifth for oh more, yeah yeah that's more of it. yeah right yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying you, you're not going <laughs> to get you're not going to get everything done that you're doing in four days no. um but there's all the extras that come after that <laughs> yeah so so with your language program, because that's what that's what interests me the most, and and it, and you know it was good. I spoke a little while ago to uh, Mark and Paul, and we were talking a bit about language, and Mark was sharing a range of different languages that he knows. Um, the language that you're working with the kids is is the local language, uh, Gambangia. Mm, yeah, so we we say it Gumbanger. Yeah, on the end. Oh but man, I'm going to struggle <laughs> with that, but. Um, well, no, no, no fuss <laughs> if you can't use that sound. <laughs> I'd be worried that I'd, I would make, I'd make a, a mess of it. Oh, 
No, I'm I'm not too fussed if if you yeah. if you've got the right sort of gist, you know, I'm I'm happy. So so for those people that that aren't familiar um, with Gambengira, I hope that's close <laughs> enough. That's <laughs> fine. I'm I'm fine. I, I, look, if people aren't familiar, would would you be able to uh, say uh, give us a welcome to country in in language? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so Ginagang would uh would I am Gumbanger Jamber Borunger, Yam Gumbanger Jagun, Dare Ayelaming Gumbanger Gujagun Go. So that was Hello, everyone. Yep. I'm a Gumbanger man from Barrable. Uh, this is Gumbanger Homelands. Welcome to the Gumbanger Homelands. Fantastic. So that's what that's what our uh, the the dialect sounds like uh, for those people that haven't heard it. That's what it sounds like by and large. Lots of rolling of the R's and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So we actually are a completely separate language mm-hmm. to any other language in Australia. Yep. Um, but within our language, we sort of have three different dialects. Yep. So those particular areas have roughly 80% or more of the words the exact mm-hmm. same. Yep. And then they have their variations. Just the local variations. Yeah. So this is Coffs South. Mm-hmm. So Coffs to here yep. is the southern area. Yep. Uh Basically, Coffs North is the northern area, and they talk a little bit differently to us. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Tablelands, which is um, like Dorigo to Gaira sort of area. Right. Okay, yeah. that's a fair way out. Further yeah. out than I thought that the country went. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we have a bit of an area. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, so, okay, so your goal um, with your language program is to expose the students uh, at school and I guess in primary schools as well to the local dialect. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I actually teach as much as possible. So, if mm-hmm. this, um, if well, I can, mm. I will include the northern and, I guess, highland the the tablelands yep. um, dialects as well. But I'll tell them the difference. Um, and yes, like expose as many students as possible to the language, yep. um, for an understanding um, of the local area and, yep. and the people here and. For the people who uh, are from here, I guess the Aboriginal people, um, you know, we, they get a, a better sense of identity. Yeah. So, are you able to explain like the um, the importance of language and what does it what does it mean to uh, members of the local community? What, what what's the importance of 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 ensuring that language survives? <laughs> oh, it's hard to put into words, really. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's more than just a language like mm-hmm. you know m- most other languages um it, it provides the the platform to to build on the culture and and yep. the actual knowledge of the land and and the people um so it, it it's it's <laughs> is it like 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 would you describe it as a bit like a glue that sort of brings that that binds the other components of what you might call culture it sort of binds them together or is that too strong or is that the wrong kind of way to look at it <laughs> it it's more like um, one piece of thread in the rope kind right. of thing. So it's all interwoven. Yeah, yeah, and obviously and it's stronger together. Yeah, without a strand. Without it's a strand, it's weaker. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, it's really <laughs> complicated. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, okay, so coming back to what you're doing with our students, you're withdrawing students from from perhaps normal lessons. Uh, is that how this program works? Um. No, we okay. uh, like from time to time we have done that yep. where um, students have the option to 
um, I guess, attend a separate lesson, which is um, kind of like what what you're doing at the moment with Indonesian. Yeah, so um, okay, so like have intensive kind of... Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- th- that was an option for a while, um, mm. but at the moment we're just running it as a regular class um, okay. where, you know, a bunch of students will attend and that'll be their regular class. Okay, rightio. And, and how do you find, uh, I mean, you know, look, uh, I was I was talking to as I said Mark and Paul earlier on, and you know, um, I've always thought that there's a great value in having a second language. Mm. I s- certainly don't have a second language, um, but I've often looked at learning one and I've thought that the task is daunting <laughs> and really hard. Um, uh, and so I'm curious, you know, as someone maybe a little bit more mature who can perhaps apply a bit of focus how do the kids go with learning uh you know a second language how do do they take it how do they do they enjoy it or do they just find it like i find it tough um (laughs) well i guess it it's it's it depends on the individual you know like most things Mm. um you know some people take to it like a fish to water kind of thing and (laughs) some people take to it like a cat to water and they're not (laughs) they're not keen to jump in first and then eventually they might get in there and and so you know, so, you know, it all depends on the individual. Um, some people pick up the language really easy, mm. and it is a lot easier with, um, I guess, children mm. and, and people under the age of eighteen because um, they're still at a stage where they can are easy, like easier than us. That it's easier for them. That's a lot. E- so I guess they can easily pick up yeah. the the language and run with it. Yeah. Whereas someone who's been speaking one language for so long yeah. has then got the task of retraining their brain yeah. and their tongue and mouth and everything Do you to be w- manipulated. Which, which is what I'm saying. I don't know that I could get that rolling R sound. I'd, I yeah, would struggle yeah. with Well, I did struggle with that. Do you work with um, adults per se or, or not so much? I would like to. Yeah. <coughs> but um, most of... What I do with adults is, I guess, through the AECG's mm. um, Connecting the Country program. Yep. Um, but that's not all the time. No. Yeah. I have to say that uh, some years ago uh, I went on the Connecting the Country program and, and um, I have to say if anyone ever hears Connecting to Country and has an opportunity to jump on board with one of those programs that they're quite frankly mad not to because they'll – I guess uh, the way it enlightens you to parts of uh, the important parts, or some of the important parts of the culture of our of of the place where we all live, is uh, just I found it a revelation, and I was really really pleased that I went. And and in to- on top of that, it was really just a great day with other people um, learning about other things that you're not familiar with. So, just as a little advert there, if anyone gets a <laughs> chance, jump on board with that because that's a, a really good thing to do. Um, okay, so uh, with the, with the, s- the young people learning and you running a language program, I, I do want to ask how, like last term's shutdown, how did that affect what you were doing? Obviously, uh, you know, schools closed, you weren't on site for a good portion of it. Um, so, so how did that affect your programs and, and, you know, have you had opportunities or has it just been a dead loss? Uh, well... The good thing for us is that, um, and when I say us, I mean all of the, the employees of mm. um, the programs that I work yep. for, we um, were able to work from home. Yep. 
And so that meant we were creating resources for, I guess, classroom lessons and things. And uh, I guess doing a bit of the background sort of stuff and planning and yeah. and that sort of thing and trying to come up with other ways of getting around some of the uh, problems that we had throughout the, the whole COVID, yep. uh, I guess, sequence of events yeah, and yeah. and you know the, the things that we had before that, that were a bit challenging and so so it's been actually from a point of view you haven't really been able to engage with the kids yeah so i i would be working from a, an office or from home and and yeah. i guess completely separate to school yeah yeah but it, but that i guess that bad the downside that not being able to work with your clients your students uh the upside has been that you've been able to get yourself Fully prepped and and you know ready to go. <laughs> Still not fully prepped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you working towards? Yeah. <laughs> so so you're on. Yeah, you've you've turned what's um, a potentially a bad scenario into a useful or a partially useful scenario anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to take every chance you can and yeah, use every opportunity to the best of your abilities. So yeah, for sure. The 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 chance to or the opportunity to be out of school and not actually teaching. And have the time to plan mm. is always welcome, you know. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, you get drawn into the the teaching pathway, and and um, you know, before you know it, your time's gone in preparation and then interacting with the kids. It's it's sort of a difficult on-off switch to throw. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, um, okay. So that's a bit about what you do now. The resources that you're developing, I'll just ask quickly about that because AECG uh, is a statewide organisation, right? Yes. So um, I'm guessing that they're not teaching Gambangura in um, other parts of New South Wales. <laughs> um, is, is no. it, so so do, they, do they run similar programs to what you're doing in different parts of the state? Yes. So we actually have um, what we call language nests mm-hmm. um, and they're scattered around. Um, okay. New South Wales, and they work with a particular language group yep. and neighbouring languages if if they can work that out. Yep. Um, and they provide the, the language program for the students within, I guess, the, the boundaries of mm. where that nest covers. Mm-hmm. Um, not all nests have the same area, same size area to cover. Yeah. Um, I, Ours is a lot smaller than others. Yeah, because some language groups in New South Wales are enormous. Um, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in Wiradjuri country and that's all Camilleroy country and that's big chunks of New South Wales and bits of Queensland and all sorts of stuff. So yeah. so that's that's one language nest mm. in itself. Yeah. yeah. So they have a lot to cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a lot of ground if you've ever been out there and you know the area. So okay, so the re, do you like share resources? Is there a lot of uh, collaboration with you or our our language nest? I'll call it that. I hope that's the right term. Um, and and the other language nests around the state. Um, do you share much? Do you get together and discuss the the successes and failings of of what you're doing? Yeah. So well, we're supposed to, but <laughs> <laughs> with all that's been happening in the yeah. past couple of months, like we we haven't exactly possible. had the chance to. Mm. But um. I guess the, the original plan was that we would meet uh, once or twice or three times mm. a year as much as possible really in all different locations yep. uh, throughout the nests yep. and um, we'd showcase what we've done so far and and you know talk about the things that we've struggled with to try and get ideas from the other groups. So we did we do have 
the opportunity mm. to work with um, the other nests and you know help each other and and provide a bit of insight and information about this and that and yeah. and show the resources that we use and and give them the opportunity to use that resource within their own language. Yeah, and, ad- and adapt what you've done to fit their environment. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, so <coughs> I, I guess that's what that's, that's that's what you're doing now. I mean, and there are <laughs> other things that you are doing now, and this is where. Perhaps what we've done is we've just taken the top off the iceberg. Um, so, so going a bit deeper, um, Ricky, you 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 said to me last time that that you've been involved in in a, a range of different things, and they've taken you all over the world, literally. <laughs> yes. So, so can you tell us in your journey to being uh, to the roles that you've got now, like you're yep. working at Scotts Head and working at Maxwell and the other schools, and with the AECG and the, your language nests and Things like that. What are the things that that have brought you to this place, and and what are those what are those things been that I, I guess really have have triggered you to say okay I, I can really identify that that this is something that's really important and that's that's really why you're here. So um, can you can you tell us about <laughs> Switzerland? Uh, I'll, I'll I guess I'll start from as close to the start as possible. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, uh, Aboriginal people have always been a community-minded people, mm-hmm. so you know it's it's more of a a service to the community than service of myself. Yes. Um. So anything that we can do uh, to to better our community and our people as a whole is always mm-hmm. a preference. So from there, um, you know, <laughs> you start to to dive into you know things and the questions. You know, what can I do for for my community? And and so. Um, starting to learn language was uh, one thing that I didn't actually think was going to end up <laughs> getting me into a position where I would be, you know, benefiting the community by teaching the language and, and the culture that goes with it mm-hmm. um, in the schools. And, um, you know, w- w- throughout <laughs> throughout my life, I've had opportunities to um, be of service here and there and everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been to Mittagong and and um, worked in a vineyard as a voluntary sort of yeah. thing like that. I've done a bit of t- uh, a few times down at um, uh, homeless uh, hostel in Sydney. Yeah, I've been to Papua New Guinea. Right. I went. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this one. No, last you didn't time. tell me about that one. <laughs> I went to Papua New Guinea for a couple of weeks for. Um, uh, a bit of work within a school over there, mm-hmm. um, and we we helped them with lessons and provided a bunch of books and materials, and um, and then you know sports equipment as well. Wow! Um, <laughs> yep. I um, it's like an onion. <laughs> just you just keep peeling it. There's still more. Yeah, I don't tell you everything. <laughs> no. if, if you ask me about it, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I I I get it. It's hard to talk about yourself, but like you know, you know this is fa- it's fascinating to hear people's stories, and I'm loving it. Yeah. It's a PNG. What, what, <laughs> what after that? I mean, like, but to me, that's uh, you know, Papua New Guinea is. Um, I've had family live there, but I've never been there. Yeah, uh, and and I hear, you hear stories about Papua New Guinea. It's a bit of a, uh, a wild west sort of a place. Is is that how you found it, or uh, <laughs> well, not so much? It, it, it's interesting. There's there's almost the two extremes. So yeah. um, you know, we we got there and and we spent the night in Port Moresby and. We were told, you know, it's a little bit rough around here. Mm, just mm. be careful. So we did, um, and then you know we head out to to the bush, 
and we're we're at a school that's you know oh we think about six hours from the nearest town wow <laughs> um or the, you know somewhere near that mm. and so we're in the middle of nowhere yeah and the nicest people you'd ever meet yeah, you know yeah. like also welcome and they'd all wave to you as you're driving past yeah. even though you'd never seen them before yeah and they say hello and you know you can talk to everyone and um, the students actually walk like three days through the bush just just to get to school and then they live at school oh, our, our, kid, <laughs> our, our kids miss i think yeah. some you know how tough it is for some people like i mean even in our country but you know how important education is to some people you know like walk, walk for hours or days to get to school yeah, so so some of the students that I got to work with, they actually have camps on the way to school because wow. it takes that long to get to school. Yep. So they'll they'll <laughs> have like checkpoints sort of. So they'll walk the first day and then they'll have a little hut that they'll have out right out in the middle of the bush, you know, and then they'll camp there for the night and then they'll walk the next leg the next day and they'll have another hut on top of the mountain. <laughs> makes, <laughs> makes me think we're all soft. We're all soft here. We catch the bus if anyway. <laughs> You whinge about catching a bus if it goes for more than an hour. Yeah, and they're tracking it through the rainforest for like three days straight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to get to school. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And they love it. They love being at school, you know. We never saw anyone without a smile. Even when one of the boys jammed his finger in the door, like <laughs> blood pouring out his finger, he's still smiling. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So, okay, after after po- after um, New Guinea, where have you where have you sort of gone? Like, this is a story of community service. I mean, it's it's um, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you know, like I don't I don't think anyone, uh, you know, you go a long way to find someone as community orientated as this, or, or willing to serve the community as this. So, Ricky, I'm yeah. I'm sitting here going, I'm feeling a bit sort of, you know, um, selfish. No. No, no, selfish. No. Yeah, selfish is a good <laughs> term, but I'm sort of sort of like feeling a bit inadequate for oh, sure. No, <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, oh, there's plenty of other things I've done outside of that. Um, I started doing surf lifesaving. Oh, right. Um, That's right. You're in Scott's Head SLSC? Yes. yes I've, I've been a member of Scott's Head Surf Lifesaving Club for, well, Maxwell Scott's Head, if yeah. you want to put it properly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Maxwell. <laughs> um, for five years, just about, um, or five seasons, really, because um, we talk in terms of summer yeah. season. Um, and sort of worked my way up from regular old bronze medallion crew member to um, club captain and yep. and vice president. Crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and still doing those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I'm still with the surf club and I, I will be into the new year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I just don't know how you find the energy to <laughs> do all of this. It's like <laughs> well, you know, there, there's, there's always plenty of time to... Run around and do stuff when you're young, so I figure, yeah. why not do it? <laughs> yep, okay, that's a good way to look at it, actually. It's almost like national service. Yeah, and then um, I'm, I'm also doing a lot of work with the, the new hospital. Right. So, um, the... the yeah, because I, I, we've, like I, I mentioned again, I'm going to go back to Paul and Mark, and we mentioned about Sister Speak and Bro Speak, that the, um, the, com- the local, the kids at our school are uh, in a program with those guys, and... They were doing some weaving for 
sculptures, artworks at the <laughs> new hospital. Now you've, you're <laughs> fully tied into that. So can you tell us, you, you know, if you haven't been to the new hospital, you need to because go and just even pay a visit. Although maybe it's not such a good time right now. Not the best time. No, but but it's a fantastic facility. Um, I've been there a few times uh, for a number of different reasons, but. Um, it's an amazing facility. Now you've got a quite a role in that, and and <laughs> it links to what our kids have been doing in terms of uh, working on creating arts for the art for that the, the the new building. So can you tell us what 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 you tie up in that? <laughs> so um, about three and a half years ago, um, <coughs> the the hospital staff and our local health district staff have. Uh, approached a, b- a bunch of people and, and said they would like a few committees uh, to, I guess, work through the development of the new mm. hospital. And, <coughs> sorry, we in particular, um, being the Aboriginal, I guess, advisory committee, mm-hmm. um, we in particular were asked to stay on after as well. Yep. Um, and so from the beginning of that... Um, <laughs> silly old me decided to throw a few ideas out there <laughs> and oh. I'm stuck trying to make sure that they're done. Yeah. Um, and, and one of them was um, the, the big artwork that's on the wall. Right. Um, I, I, I sort of threw that idea out there being really hopeful and then didn't realise how much work was in it. <laughs> and yeah. same with this. Um, yeah. what, what, so are we, what are the kids doing? They're weaving something to do with a, a whale. Is that right? Well, there's a bunch of different things. Right. We have got... The mountain scene, so we've mm-hmm. got um, Yarra Happy Mountains yep. because they are particularly significant. Yep. Um, we have a oh, we have the Mordebai tree, which mm-hmm. is um, our our story is that that is our tree of life, mm-hmm. and um, it's really a particular sacred tree to us. Um, we also have a waterhole, yep, with um, the Brolga, um, and that is Gongan's waterhole. Um, and she's one of our, uh, I guess, creation beings, one mm-hmm. of our our important ancestors. Yep. And then we have the whales, <coughs> and they represent, you know, the ocean and our yep. connection with the ocean. Okay. Um, and there are a lot of other bits and pieces about that story, but but yes, um, I have pushed from the very start that I want as much involvement from young people. Yeah. Um. And and students and. I guess community as possible, and so now we have students from the the high schools doing a lot of the weaving, and we have community uh, involved in that as well. Right. So you've your the, the the job has been okay. You put the suggestion <laughs> forward, and then the actual work starts when you realise <laughs> okay, you've got to try and coordinate hundreds of people yeah. uh, to to bring something together. How's it going? Is it nearly there? Yeah, we're, we're kind of. Just about three quarters of the way. Right. So um, most of the pieces are, are finally coming together bit mm-hmm. by bit. Um, there will be the tree, yeah, um, <coughs> and basically separate to that, but connected to it. There's a few birds. Um, that piece is almost complete. Right. There's probably like I don't know, fifty square centimeters left to cover. Oh, okay. So, so it's not done. massive, yeah. And then we have the water hole. Has I guess just the outline to go, yeah. So covering done the, as well. the, the outside of the waterhole, and then we've got to actually hang the smaller sculptures off it. <coughs> so the waterhole is almost in like a, oh, I don't know whether you call it mobile or mobile form. Yeah, mobile. Uh, yeah, mobile Australians. Form. 
yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the mobile form mm. where you have the almost like a flat disc. Yep. And then underneath it you have pieces dangling. Okay. And that's how I originally <laughs> wanted it to be. <laughs> that was your vision? <laughs> yes, it was. Um, and so we have, you know, the Brolga standing above the water. Okay. And, you know, she'll be either looking up or looking down. I can't remember at the moment. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. Um, and then underneath the water we'll have, um, you know, water creatures, some fish and mm. turtle and... Um, yeah, things like that. <laughs> I, have, I have seen a photo of the frame of the whale and just so people get a concept of it, it didn't fill a garage but it's pretty jolly big. So we have two whales actually. Oh, right. <laughs> I only saw one. There you go. Um, and, and in particular, it, it's it's the mother and calf Yeah. Um, because the whales basically are going to sit just outside maternity ward. Oh, okay. Area. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of thought in the background. Yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, look at his greater minds yeah. than me. I mean, I just I go, hey, wow, that look great in that in that area there in the <laughs> hospital. But then you sort of outside the maternity, mother and a calf, it obviously makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, the the mother is, uh, I think just under four meters from yep. head to tail, and yep, the size and of a calf. <laughs> and then the calf is just under two. Wow. Yeah. Not insignificant projects <laughs> to undertake. No, and the, the tree is, um, I think it's about. Three and a half meters tall, mm. and the the water hole is about two two and a half round. All I can say is it's a good thing <laughs> the hospital's uh, atrium is as big as it is. <laughs> well, we that that's the thing. See, with our advisory committee, we actually had the input at the very start before mm. the building was finalized in in its plans. Yep. Um, so that we could manipulate things to have the ability to put in sculptures. Yep. And pieces hanging from the roof so that's yeah. what that's what these sculptures are going to do okay they're going to hang from the roof inside the the main walkway i, I, I can't wait to see them you know because as, as i said i've seen the hard work and the engagement of the kids and, and you know look i want to let our listeners know that it's not a forced labor camp these kids have got into these tasks with the uh, uh i don't know if i'm being disrespectful but the aunties who have been yep. showing them how to to uh, weave and whatnot, and the kids—it's—it's it's not we've not cracked a whip. <laughs> like they've been—they've been wanting to do this. They've been fully engaged with this, and uh, it's wonderful to see. To, it's wonderful to see our students from our school uh, and the way they've engaged with these community projects. Um, mm. You know, look, I—I I, I know, I know there is more to <laughs> to to your story, Ricky, and 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 I know really you've only just scraped the <laughs> surface of it in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I th- I'm conscious of time. Yep. And and I and I but that I do want to s- <laughs> yeah. Look, I do want to say that. Uh, I, I look, I think you're. I'm I'm actually hearing the more I hear them, the happier I am that you're working with the kids from our schools, because honestly, it, you know, whilst you're in there with a goal to promote language and culture, and and that's fantastic in its own right. But but really, if our kids get to know you as a as a as a person, the community, your community mindedness, if any of that rubs off on them, <laughs> it can only make this place a better place. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're a, a fascinating character, and I'm, and it's great that you're working with our kids. I'm really I'm stoked, <laughs> and uh, the the more exposure you get to our students, um, the better. I think, irrespective of their cultural background. Um, so thank look, you. <laughs> yeah, look, thank you very much for coming in. 
Um, and it's, it, is, it has been a pleasure. I'm sure we're going to get you back again because I do want to talk about Switzerland at yeah. some point. <laughs> we'll get to it. Because that's, um, that's another great story that, that you, just, you just look at the, the, the entanglement that you have with our community. You know, I, I'd ask you the question, do you ever see yourself moving away from, from the, the Nambucca? And I'm thinking, no, that's just really a silly question. <laughs> So it's possible. Every, <laughs> my, you know, everything's possible, um, but I don't exactly see that no. in my immediate future, no. no for <laughs> sure. Okay, look, look again, Ricky, thank you very much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you and um, uh, I hope our listeners have enjoyed some of, the, some of your life story and some of the roles that you play. I really hope people have enjoyed listening to you and, and to what you've got to say. And uh, as again, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, thank you very much. I'm honoured that you've come in. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming along and listening to our journey with the Maxwell High School podcast. Um, hopefully uh, you'll hear us again in, a, in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>